back to the Rootkit Podcast. Um, today, we are going to be discussing Initium Novum, a new beginning, and specifically some of the themes that we want to see in this new year of 2021. Um, starting out, we're going to be talking about the plans that we have for the Rootkit moving forward, both with the agency and with the podcast. And then later on, we're going to be discussing the theme for which we want to be um, 2021 nuance and especially in terms of this pursuit of truth that we've been talking to you guys about this is something that's um, so important to talk about and really collect one's thoughts and feelings about and so you get to um, enjoy that experience it starts off a little bit slow um, maybe a little bit convoluted in nature but um, definitely by the end I think um, the reasons for um, that become clear and we're actually able to collect our thoughts and you know put them in a little bit more articulate way so hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast and as always um, be sure to um, rate us five stars and give us a raving review because you know you love us so without further ado welcome to the root kit Did I say that correct? Yeah, something like that. Initium novum? I don't know. A new beginning. At least, we all hope it's going to be a new beginning. Mm-hmm. Hope this year is going to be a lot better than last year. I mean, I honestly don't think 2020 was that bad a year. Um, I mean, honestly, like a lot of bad things happened in 2020. I think we can all acknowledge that. But I mean, at least for me and my personal growth, I learned a lot from 2020. Luckily for you guys, the listeners, we're going to be talking about that next week. Because here in 2021, the Root Kid is actually going to be doing weekly podcasts. All so, right. Yeah, so this episode is actually going to be dedicated to um, going over um, some of the things that we've got planned for the Root Kit here in 2021, including some things that uh, we put together in the past couple months. Exciting. It is very exciting. And um, also, we're going to be talking about nuance, which... Um, that's actually, we're going to be going over that pretty briefly, but um, Tate and I actually had a conversation earlier today mm-hmm. um, talking about it. It is currently January 6th, um, 2021, um, a very interesting day to say the least. I mean, last year we started out the year with, um, you know, that whole Iran deal, and now we've got, you know, people storming the Capitol. So that was a interesting way to start the morning. Oh, for sure, for sure. I actually slept through the entire thing because <laughs> I got, I got off at noon, um, for uh, uh, from work, and I immediately fell asleep and proceeded to sleep until like, nine o'clock. So. And you were you've been working for like the last three days, having a couple, of almost twenty four hour days working on again. Our merch stuff, our website, and yeah. all that. So, yeah, of course, again, yeah. sleep through the day, not a bad one to pick, though. Yeah, I hope you guys heard that because we now have merch available on www.therootkitpodcast.com. Um, we did our first drop. Um, we're planning on doing monthly drops, just like new things. Um, so, if um, you have any ideas for what kind of merch you guys would like, um, we will design it or you can design it. 
Uh, we will give you credit, of course, if you decide to do so, but send some ideas your way for um, different things for this. Which, by the way, you need to go to our website anyways because we've actually got a new and updated website. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Again, you've been hard at work. That's one of the again fun things that we started the year 20, 2021 off is I'd spent my time resting and Samson was over here in the middle of the night plowing away on websites, on merch stuff, on a bunch of different. So we got a couple sweatshirts, a mask along the way. We also have a coffee mug. Yeah. Another, yeah, again, we have quite a few, which very exciting, good quality stuff, which that, that's what kind of makes me uh, excited is not just, you know, stuff that you can just sell, but actually things that you want to have at home. Yeah. And it will take, uh, it's on demand um, until we actually get, um, until we actually get some like, you know, real revenue flowing or it's going to be on demand. So that means probably take about 10 to 14 days um, shipping. So that includes them fulfilling the order. And then also uh, shipping it. It's coming out from uh, North Carolina. So also um, you can now see actually on our page under the agency tab, you can actually see um, what our agency is about. Kind of explains a little bit more of what the rootkit agency is and what we're trying to do. And now that we've actually had a couple clients and actually a couple team members, partners join on, um, uh, we're actually really starting to launch this. So if you're interested in um, either becoming a part of our team, which are the people who actually create, you know, or the content creators, either create, um, uh, you know, uh, websites, logos, you know, if you're, if you have any skilled, anything that's skilled that could be monetized, um, definitely consider um, taking our survey so that we can get in contact with you and set you up with a portfolio on our website. And then also, if you are a business, an entity, or if you're just getting started up in something and you need some help with, you know, maybe building a website or getting a logo or, you know, creating advertisements, you know, stuff that looks good and appealing, um, you know, on social media, then absolutely um, go take our partner survey as well. Yeah, and feel free, whether that's for you guys that have been doing it for a long time and do your own projects and um, whether you guys help out with creating logos and designs for uh, shops around your area or even working for a company, is just consider that we work with a lot of small businesses and so we're going to need a lot of help in creating relationships and you guys will get to know some of the businesses around that you love and so... Uh, whether you're skilled or whether you're a college student that is uh, that hasn't much experience, still still reach out to us because we we've got a couple different ways and avenues that we can get you plugged in and get you some experience. And it is preferable if you have a portfolio, but even if you don't, um, you know, if you have enough content, if you've created enough content to actually for us to actually create one for you, um, mm-hmm. that would be great. So basically, the way that this business will work is that um, well, we will have you know, team members who will uh, design these things. And we also have partners who will specify, you know, what their desires are. And also to kind of link all of this together, we're also um, launching um, affiliates. And so basically an affiliate, if they either have, if they either refer a partner or a team member, it can be either or, um, they get tied to both that team member and the partner. And um, they actually get a commission off of, um, you know, the, the sale or whatever else, um, you know, anything that goes on between that team member and the partner that the affiliate referred, 
then they get a commission. So um, that's a pretty neat thing, different than most other mm-hmm. um, businesses, agencies that I've been a part of. So, Well, any of you that are natural networkers by yourself is that this is honestly, if you find something that you love or a product or a, a business that you love and you see a need, just refer them um, to our way. And if you like just how that works out for you, again, if you want to make almost like some money on the side, literally referring people to us for filling whether that's social media, social media needs or uh, online platforms, whether that has to do with websites or photography or even just setting up a retail site for somebody. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty natural for me. So that's kind of what I'm moving towards is just connecting people with needs and it's kind of a fun process. It's a it really unique. It creates really good relationships in the first place, but it also creates an avenue and way for people to, <laughs> again, have an excuse to go share. Um, again, and when you see a need to actually want to go fill it. And so if you have a place or people that you can rely on behind you saying, hey, we got people that can fill a need and then you also get compensated for it. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a win-win situation for people that are like me that are natural networkers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, since we're on the topic, might as well do a quick shout out. Um, our two our two partners um, right now, CH Mobile Auto Detail, um, we're building uh, Christian and his business, his team who was on the podcast last week, or um, rather last month, but our, our last episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so shout out to him. Um, we He's a partner of ours, and we're currently working on building him a website and also getting him a shop um, set up for his merch. Um, So he's going to be coming out with that soon. We're uh, helping him get started on that. Uh, Then also, um, we just recently designed a logo for Paul Acosta at the Sorry You're Here podcast. We're helping him get launched, get started. Um, You guys should go check him out. Um, He's got some pretty... uh, um, Pretty entertaining things. He's covering like entertainment, uh, entertainment, uh, comedy, and other stuff. Just like you know, um, some events that happens. Um, giving his take on it. I had the privilege of working with Paul for uh, a while. He was he's a great guy and um, naturally very funny, and he has funny outlooks on life. I mean, he's he's someone that you, it doesn't matter if you're going to be around him for a short amount of time or a long period of time. You'll always be amused around Paul. Yeah, make make you laugh. That's for sure. And also, we've got a silent partner, so shout out to them. Um, silent partner, as in we don't speak of them <laughs> ever. They are um, incognito. <laughs> Hence, still silent. Hence, still silent, yeah. But that's also an option, like, if you want everything to be kind of low-key, um, you know, because we're very vocal about everything. So um, if you don't want to be associated with us, because but you like what we do, then um, you can be a silent partner, so. Yeah, I was like, how does that make you feel having a silent partner? Makes makes us feel that we're supported, but these people are humble enough that they don't need to be known, I guess. So yeah. that's one way of looking at it. Either that or maybe our opinions are <laughs> too out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thankfully that's not the case, but... Well, that's a perfect segue into what we're going to be talking today. Uh, talking on- about today, which is a very controversial subject, but um, it's nuance. So what is nuance? Uh, it is like a shade. Again, it's something that is like a definition that's very similar, but it is like a shade of truth. Like mm-hmm. it's not the full truth, but it's like in its shadow, it's still a part of a whole truth, but you're only getting, again, like 
vocals whenever I hear nuances they're like the like specific background noises that they're manipulating their mat their the the vocals to create fun background but it doesn't mean that they're not still using their voice for the choral sound piece but it's a nuance in the back still fully there but it's a part of the piece but it's not the full piece so yeah. similar to that so the definition the dictionary definition of nuance is a subtle difference in shade of meaning expression or sound so let's talk about let's have a nuanced conversation let's have a nuanced comp so, yeah it's just interesting is that we it, it came up in our discussion of just things that are are themes that have been kind of popping up over the last few weeks and speci- specifically with everything that's going on with again the whole political world and even just some things in our personal lives is that mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people seeking truth but almost again there's like subtle nuances to people's lives that they're almost holding on to those um as as like they are the truth and mm-hmm. so again they're not wrong things but it is interesting it's created some interesting conversations with uh well i don't know between samson and i and also just hearing the world around us <laughs> yeah. holding on to again the nuances of life and that's what everybody's talking about and i don't know i like that you mentioned like thinking wrong because i just finished um george orwell's 1984 um, first time I've actually ever read it. I'd heard about it and everyone was telling me, oh, you got to go read this book. And um, specifically with Newspeak, um, you know, they they like condense these words. And so instead of, you know, wrong thinking or wrong thought, um, they just shrink the words together. And so it would be wrong think or something like that. As in, um, you know, whatever the, the party or I guess in uh, you would kind of look at it as the party in 1984 is the state, um, you know, is, uh, they are the ones who are actually delegating what is or what isn't truth. And so every year they come out with a new version of the new speak dictionary in which basically the old words cease to exist. Um, they are abolished. And then the new words, the, the ones that are correct and actually have truth are the ones that become accepted and you have to write this way and you have to talk this way and if you don't do this then you're actually in the wrong and so it was very 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 interesting um 1984 um again if you want to look at it through the lens of nuance is like i'm pretty sure george orwell was actually a socialist which i think is really funny Mm -hmm. um but i mean obviously he's talking about um, you know, his critiques of, you know, communism and um, especially totalitarianism as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, even him as a more socialist kind of character, he was able to critique this while also still recognizing that, um, you know, some of the things, you know, like some of the problems with it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So And the world going forward. I actually don't know what his, again, his thought process of like even like his way they thought of seeing the world and political views or whatever it is but it is interesting that he had the foresight to see yeah so many of the issues that yeah. again we're oh, it's almost like we're seeing in a we're reading a book and you're seeing a lot of parallels in today's society in america yeah well like specifically with the nuanced thing um i guess i never quite got to that point but i can, I can go and do that here is that um specifically with 1984 it's like on one hand 
you can see the parallels. But on the other hand, 1984 is also way, way out there. And so, um, you know, it's like, okay, is this actually a concern? Um, just because there are parallels, um, you know, specifically to, um, you know, some other, uh, like, some history um, that, that was involved. And also the 1984 book, does that really warrant, like, you know, people freaking out about it? I, mean, I personally think no. I mean, you know, as as you guys know, me and Tate are big advocates for don't allow your circumstances or whatever you well, like whatever you're living in to determine how you approach life, how you live life. Now, obviously there's only a certain extent to, that you can, um, that you can actually do that practically, but you can still be dogmatic about certain beliefs. And I think picking and choosing what to be dogmatic about is actually, you know, kind of embraces this idea of nuance. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the, even like, I'm thinking about like, like the new year um, for a couple of friends of mine too, is that, uh, people sometimes, again, nuance not is not in and of itself, again, it's a great thing because it gives color and hints and a lot of background flavor to life. Again, things are not black and white always. And so mm-hmm. the cool thing is it brings color to life. But it's so interesting is that when you become totally focused, and I was even thinking for like this year is... I was thinking like the themes of people's lives and the things that are like the roots and the foundations of people's lives. First look at those and then observe the nuances of life. Don't have like the nuances of life be your foundation in which you see the world. And so I don't know. So like kind of um, accepting that the nuances or like some of the uh, externalities of, of, of a frame or of a structure don't actually reflect the, structure itself yeah and so it actually is complementary towards it mm-hmm. like that's kind of what you're that's kind of your yeah, thought right. process on nuance. yeah again because if you're totally concerned about the, the the colors or the 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 flavors of what's put on a portrait um first is you if you think that that is what makes the portrait then you're going to hold on to be when all of a sudden colors change or you see the world in a different way that your internal world will be again in turmoil I mean, that's a, that's a way of describing it, is that if you hold on then to on the nuances is then what you think is the structure really isn't the structure and it changes. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're like, what the hell's going on? Right. And so, but it is, again, just define the things that are the frames of life that have the backdrop of the foundations of what is being painted on is that finding those and, and enjoying the nuances. That's the, that's the thing that I think nuances are supposed to be more about is like the, the things to enjoy in life that you observe that are a part of the structure of life. But again, the same thing is like with flavor with food is that you could have chicken and chicken's really good for you and it gives you all the proteins, but it's not until you put the nuances that go on top of it that make it incredibly good and the different ways you can, again, season it. That's one of my favorite parallels to think about nuances. Oh, that's that, a great way of putting it because you wouldn't want to just seasoning entree. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, that would, that would, I would, that would suck. <laughs> yeah. I would, whatever seasonings would be on there i would want to almost throw that up it's like i don't know if you guys ever did that whole uh whatever the eat the pepper at pizza hut challenge that again that's not good by itself and you want to cough for the next 40 40 minutes but i, I loved them that's true that's just me but I, I mean i like spicy things so. but then again my dad is the guy who will eat habaneros like their popcorn like so. their popcorn yeah he, he has a special special uh 
special, uh, what is that called? The the amount of spice that you can have. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, got, a, he's got a tolerance. High tolerance. High that, tolerance thing. Yeah. that thing. High tolerance. High tolerance for both pain and, yeah, no, pain. So okay. maybe that's what made me a sociopath. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually that's actually hilarious. Actually, that's a that, you talk about a fun a funny point, is that pain actually is considered to be a nuance of life. That's another thing that I've been uh, I hadn't thought about this for almost nine months now. But when I very first came down to Texas, um, again, I was just thinking about I was just reflecting on all the things that I was excited for moving down here, and one of the things that I was reflecting on was some of the amazing things that I've been healed in my heart from, not just from, but like almost healed, like a, like the, to go towards, but it reflected on the pain that I once had seeing whether it has to do with certain situations or even like the physical pain that my body went, but it's another flavor in which that we experience the world. And that one's a very, again, we can almost be confused by it if we allow pain to be something that we truly like see the world through all the time and so it's just interesting is that that's a that's a flavor of life that can sometimes be painful but i know there's so many people during this time that are in a bunch of pain whether it has to do with internal emotions or just seeing the world as it is and being confused and whether it has their family being attacked by whether it has to do with views from another person or relationships is that is there's a lot of pain going on, which creates a really sometimes a sour flavor of life. And so it's interesting is that when you start looking through life only through pain, it creates a, a weird shadow. Yeah. And I actually think it's kind of funny that you mention, um, you know, that period of time in your life because you always refer it, refer to it as a season of your life. But also, it's a seasoning as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. Again, so, in the context that we were, we were talking about, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. really is. Actually, one of the things that I love... Just sprinkle some little pain on your on your life, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like... Uh, I, I mean, pain kind of like reveals who you are as a person. I mean, I think, I think that whenever you go through like, you know, trials and tribulations and stuff... Is that's whenever you actually figure out who's, you know, got their shit together or mm-hmm. who's, who's got... Who, who knows what they're doing knows who they are. Mm-hmm. knows their identity and in terms of this whole idea of being dogmatic that's whenever um you know you all of a sudden you know either because you actually do have a firm substructure um underneath the nuances that you're actually able to thrive and um and move in these situations whereas someone who maybe is taking those nuances and taking the seasoning or taking the um, exception to the rule as the rule itself, all of a sudden, whenever that becomes shattered, they they are missing the underlying chicken and are stuck with seasoning. So, <laughs> you say that one more time about the 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 rule is the exception and the exception becoming the rule. Like there, that's a, a very good way of describing even just kind of what we're seeing in not only in our like. Our personal worlds but even like what we're right. seeing in like a culture standpoint well specifically what i see with um actually i'll go ahead and just like you know call them out is with conservatives is that they have such a rigid structure of belief and they're more stuck on the belief and um being dogmatic about certain things 
rather than embracing the structure of it, but also allowing there to be nuance because, you know, there are exceptions to every rule and you don't negate, you know, by insisting that those exceptions don't exist, you don't help anyone, including yourself out. And on the other side, you've got, um, you know, specifically liberals um, that are embracing the nuances and are embracing the exceptions to the rule as truth. Whenever in reality, you know, it is so cliche. I mean, it is cliche, but, you know, there's actually a reason why some of these things are becoming cliche is because they're actually, you know, they, they, they kind of point to a sort of truth. And that is, you know, you, you kind of have to take both into account. And unfortunately, this, uh, this, this culture is becoming more and more divisive. And while that may not be a, it's not exactly a good thing, but it may not be a bad thing either, because Mm -hmm. then you're able to actually kind of see and poke holes in what is wrong with both political sides of you. Yeah. Which again, the cool thing about that is you can use like any of the situations, like even like, like the world that we're in today where we have so many different topics and issues is that instead of holding on to the structure fully of what we have in place with law, but also when you see the exceptions, instead of just holding on to them, is it creates, again, even like what made this country great in the first place was, mm-hmm. the, again, the common ground in which we can build the foundations and compromise. And right. the funny thing is we think of compromise as like one side's like we're giving up something on both sides. But in reality is you're actually coming to a middle ground mm-hmm. on... Well, you have to be picky and choosy on what you compromise on. Because, like, I know for certain things, you know, I am absolutely unwilling to compromise on, you know, certain aspects of my beliefs. And, you know, if people don't like that about me, then that's fine. Um, You know, that's that's part of me. And either they can deal with it or they can, you know, go screw off. But... (laughs) Maybe that's not the exactly the most appropriate way to put it, but no. But at the same time, you get the the point is yeah. that not just to go screw off, but this this idea is that it 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 creates it helps create even like boundaries. so so boundaries and so that you're not blurry, right? Yeah, and it's kind of like uh, you know those people that you know that are just they're like a chameleon. You don't really know what they are or where they stand on, and they kind of flip on a dime. Like those are the most. Like, those are probably the people that you, whether you're aware of it or not, like, least respect. And um, so there's two different types of people if they're in that situation. is either they will, um, either they think they're right about everything, or deep down inside, they're, they are struggling and don't have any sense of identity or that rigidity or a substructure of how to, you know, differentiate what is truth and what isn't. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, by doing that, you know, they they essentially become the seasoning as well. Mm-hmm. I know they that. the lemon pepper on the chicken. I mean, I was very much, me calling a, I call myself an RPP, a recovering people pleaser, is that I, I was very much in that position for a lot, a very big point of my life. Um, because, again, if I can manipulate how I thought about things so somebody's pleased and that's my motivation, I was mm-hmm. a great chameleon to a lot of different scenarios in my life and so it's interesting is that i think a lot of people can relate to it as well Mm -hmm. and it's something specifically that if you don't kind of work out of whenever you're maybe like a teenager or 
you know, uh, in your younger years, if you, if you don't, if someone doesn't identify that, it actually creates for very weak adults. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm saying that as a 20 year old, who's probably not exactly <laughs> the strongest, but I, I'm, I'm aware of it. And so perhaps one of that's one of the things that I'm working on moving forward is becoming a little bit allowing myself to be dogmatic about the things that I truly believe and hold dear mm-hmm. to me and actually embracing that part of my identity rather than, um, you know, trying to, you know, blend in. Mm-hmm. Again, there's even like a good, like there's a, a good distinction there is that even like, I think people are scared to state what they believe. I know that I used to be one of those people especially early on because I felt like I was going to be stepping on people's toes. And a part of just who I am is I'm very conscious of conscious of people's hearts and their like what's going on in them. So it's one of those, if I was going to first step on them, I thought my beliefs or if I was stating my beliefs, that it was going to actually hurt other people just by stating that. But I found out later on is that even with myself is I've, as my beliefs it's okay to state what you believe, but realizing that your beliefs are even malleable and they are actually used to help see the world differently. And I was, there was actually a quote that um, I put on, put on my uh, Facebook um, here about a week and a half ago that was just talking about how, again, be careful being too dogmatic about everything in life. Mm-hmm. Because again, you could actually be arguing one day with, with, your... with a future version of yourself, yeah. which is actually a great thing in and of itself to be able to say hey i can stand on something and it's not a matter of whether i'm right or wrong but just saying hey first off i know this is how i see and for some people Mm -hmm. that that they don't even have that platform and i remember even growing from that people pleasing aspect is for me to even like be honest with myself of what i believed and then moving forward and then start whether there were certain things that would change in beliefs later on in life is it didn't change my identity, mm-hmm. but it just helped showed how I saw so I could see myself better in my mm-hmm. heart. And so being able to see your heart more clearly in the state that it's in. And so, yeah, it just was a, a funny balance of, of <laughs> taking, taking life again, taking your, your own views and saying, all right, yeah, this is what I believe, but I don't hold on to this with my whole heart. Mm-hmm. But, it's good to stand on and know what you believe, mm-hmm. even then in the future saying if there's something else that does truly come along that what it doesn't mean it breaks it, but even like expands on a belief that you can actually, you're not so concerned about the belief itself is that you can actually, again, your belief being malleable, being a way that you see the world is then, then it switches or forms new. And, yeah. but it doesn't compromise who you are. It just, it literally helps you see the world better. And particularly, um, you know, we see this in the political culture with like conservatives is like um, because they're so dogmatic in some beliefs or they hold on to the belief so tightly that either without realizing it or without being aware of it, they um, suddenly compromise on others that are completely, you know, contrarian to what their original belief structure was Mm -hmm. and so whenever you cling on to something so desperately and you don't allow there to be any nuance um that's whenever you you know not only turn off a lot of people um to either that substructure that you actually have or you know that 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 structure that you embrace that you know that truth 
you not only turn off other people, um, but all of a sudden you're actually, by clinging to it, you're actually compromising on what that mm-hmm. what that structure was meant to do and what that belief was actually meant to be in. Mm-hmm. So. And, you know, it's even like, and beliefs are actually, I think they're way more, I wouldn't say more complicated as like in a bad thing, we need to study it more. But it's just like, if they're more, again, they're more beautiful and complicated than we probably realize. And I think one of the things that you more and I... More nuanced. Yeah. yeah, more nuanced. That's <laughs> that's how it fits. <laughs> um, like, one of the things that we were talking about is that some answers are yes and no. Literally yes and no. No, and it's not like yeah. one or the other. It's like right. yes and no. And there's a lot of things that, specifically in life, that we would look and we're trying to find the foundations of how things work. And even like, one of my favorite examples of this is like, do we live fully in a physical world? And we're like, yes. And then all of a sudden the science comes around that even shows how like quantum physics and even like the spiritual world and like the way that, however you want to describe it is that the spiritual world or even like the way that reality works, is it, is there something parallel to what we're doing? And you're like, also, yes. And we're finding out not now just like scientifically, but even just like, so is it one or the other? And you're like, yes and no. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like it's both at yeah. the same time, and so like they're not mutually exclusive. Exactly. So there's are a lot more things in life like that. So specifically, let's talk about um, today. Um, you know, I was asleep during the whole thing, but like all of these um, protesters come up and or you know they're rioters. Some would, and you know they storm the Capitol building. Now I've tried. I, I literally only spent 15 minutes going through my Twitter and Facebook feed, and holy crap. Like, the discourse that I've seen, usually I only see that crap on Twitter, but I was seeing this from the adults, the people that are supposed to be adults on Facebook, and they're over here fighting each other. And these are people that are coworkers. These are some of my previous teachers. These are some of my coaches. These are my, uh, not, thank God, my parents. Holy crap, y'all didn't embarrass yourselves. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to my parents. Y'all didn't say it like crap but i know that my dad used to be like long winded and he is he's tried to retire himself from that but yeah no like uh usually i see that stuff on twitter and i am guilty of you know engaging in some of those arguments the stupid arguments mm-hmm. but let's talk uh, but yeah no i was seeing it on facebook and it was like with all of these people that i've once perceived as adults and i'm like holy crap you guys are no better than those people on twitter and um i mean that's not it's it was very saddening Mm -hmm. for me to see and so let's have a nuanced conversation about (laughs) what happened today in the 15 minutes and the stuff that i saw (laughs) so on one hand and this if you guys don't like that if you guys don't like what's about to be said, that's okay. Um, you know, these are my opinions and they, they are, they come from my values and what I was taught growing up. Um, but let's have a nuanced conversation about this. So I think that it is possible to condemn, which as we should, um, what took place today at the Capitol. I think that it is also true and it is not mutually exclusive that we can have the nuance to say that perhaps this was covered a bit unfairly, especially whenever there's been riots and stuff happening, um, you know, in, in Wisconsin or in Seattle and Portland and um, uh, even here in Dallas. 
And um, I think that you can condemn both of those things. I think whenever you have fringe groups, either on the left or on the right, um, you know, committing these acts of violence, 100%, it should be condemned. I think you can also admit the difference in coverage and the reactions to both of those things. They are not mutually exclusive. And whenever you all of a sudden have that rigid, are rigid in, um, you know, one of those structures, either on the left or on the right, you know, with the alt-right or with, you know, leftists and Antifa, whether or not you agree with their ideologies, I think that you can condemn both, but even while maybe agreeing ideologically with one or the other, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, um... Condemning, like, you know, the, the acts and the stuff that they do. So, yeah, I guess this does make it a little bit different um, because it was the Capitol building as opposed to, um, you know, like, police precincts and, you know, local government offices. It was actually, like, you know, Washington, D.C. But let's not forget that just a few months ago, you know, the, uh, some protesters lit everything on fire. So, you know, it's just... Mm -hmm. It's, it, again, it's a nuanced conversation whenever either ideology becomes so rigid that they're willing to commit these acts of, you know, violence, of, you know, quote-unquote terrorism. I don't necessarily think it's, uh, I mean, I guess it is politically, ideologically charged, but it's not. Mm -hmm. The people that are doing that don't, I don't think represent the... Majority. You know, majority, yeah. No. I think it's literally like maybe like a fringe 1% on both sides. Yeah, and so it's one of those where it's it's sad to see that these are the... These are the, the things that get pushed so far. And again, it's creating like a weird polarization, which is kind of been a word that we've been using for the last three, four months. On mm -hmm. We're starting to see... And now people are, gonna, are starting to say, pick this or the other. Right. This or that, and it's like that's that's that question again, that, that that statement that we've realized is that it's not just a yes or no, I'm following this or that. It can be yes and no, but it's so interesting is like when you are forced to not just pick a side, and it's not just about picking a side, but it's like if you don't follow this, there's going to be, there's going to be hatred yeah. thrown your way. There's going to be... And there, that is never a good environment. Think of that as like as your home life. If you have one parent who's on one side, and the other side of the parent, uh, your other parent, then being on one side of something, and they're always making you choose either one or the other, and then the other becomes offended. Yeah, it's if you think unhealthy. of it, it's, it's so unhealthy. It's an extremely toxic relationship, and at one, and you know, this is essentially the position that we've gotten placed in as citizens. Um, of the United States. And now people like me, I mean, you know, and people who think like me, um, we get hated by both sides to be quite <laughs> frank. And, you know, a lot of people see us as actually the ones being, um, you know, squishy or stubborn. And, um, that's a funny term. I know. And squishy, it's squishy, like, uh, specifically with con conservatives will criticize me because I'm, you know, I, I don't hold as, I don't hold my beliefs. I don't hold um, how I 
how I live as rigidly as some of them would like, even while sharing a lot of the same viewpoints. And also with, you know, liberals is like, um, you know, I have a lot of liberal friends and I, um, I'm so thankful that I have great relationships um, with most of them and we're actually able to have good, you know, good discourse and good dialogues in which we're actually able to have a respect and love um, for one another. Specifically, the past couple months, um, one of my good friends um, from high school, his name is Nanamdi, um, him and I completely disagree, you know, politically. And we disagree on, you know, this, uh, on how people are handling this virus. But um, almost everything that's happened, um, I think I slid up on his story like way back in March. Um, yeah, that's a Snapchat term for, <laughs> for, for some of our older audience. But basically I responded to one of his um, messages that he had sent out. And um, we have actually had a really beautiful um, relationship and friendship created out of this. And we actually have now a mutual respect for one another because we're actually able to be vulnerable and we're able to find, you know, truth in both. And we're able to have nuanced conversations. And at the end of the day, even though we might disagree and we might, um, you know, vote differently or we might, you know, do whatever else, I know that he has my back and that he has mine. And it is something that you don't have without being able to have nuanced. And so we, him and I, share that same structure underlying everything but it's just the nuances and the different flavors that we each have on life are different. Mm -hmm. Well said. Again, it's one of those I even was thinking, like, even like my relationship with my mom, again, talking about it on a totally different style mm -hmm. and topic, is my mom and I are very, very similar, similarly built. And that was one of the cool things that... Um, you all look the same too, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> we we kind of, I mean... I'm, until you cut your hair. Until I cut my hair away again. No, it's like we're very similar on so many different terms. And so it was just really cool is that even in like the normal parts of life, um, again, there were certain things that were different um, that, caught, that caused... Um, I remember even just like as a young kid is that we both were... We, we would consider, we used to consider ourselves the best rule, rule followers. And then, um, it just, it's so interesting is that if, when we held onto those structures and held, um, held onto them so tightly and even like how my mom parented me, I remember it causing me pain because then I didn't ever feel like sometimes my heart got hurt. But the cool thing is that even like that created in, in my heart. On the flip side of it is I became someone who was a really good, I, I would lie about everything so my mom would be pleased. So that, that's when my people pleasing came in. But it's really cool is that later on in life where, again, we built, we're so similar, viewed so many, uh, many of the same things um, similarly and differently. But it's like so cool is that even in that type of relationship, we were able to get together and not just resolve and have everything be on online and on point, but it's like you can hear both each other's hearts and why you see the ways that you do and why the way that you see the flavor of life and the way that you do at that mm -hmm. moment. And what that did is it created one of the coolest relationships that I feel like I have to this day is just the genuine, not only the trust that I have with my mom, but even the enjoyment that I get to be around her and want to share things, even that has to do with things that I'm learning or the writings that we're hearing or um, even just like the fun things that uh, 
again, that interests us in about life. Even if it's not something that I'm interested about, I know my mom loves this. And before life, I wouldn't want to go and uh, <laughs> in the in the way that I do now and, and share all the little things about my life because I used to be sometimes embarrassed because of about mm. how she would think about certain things or like, oh, this is going to create conflict. But it's so cool that we had almost like a season of life where we could hear like the soft parts of our hearts out. And because of that, it created a really cool relationship. And so, so it's fun to see because you can see hints of that even like in our culture. There's certain places, even though that we only hear about like the, the polar the polar opposites and the political things in that way. But there are some really cool examples of, again, there are places where people, the, the hearts need to be heard of those that are in the situations that they are. And so, yeah. So this kind of goes hand in hand with, um, you know, the idea of nuance and also these kind of themes that we're kind of setting for 2021 and some of the things that we actually want to share, you know, with, with you guys and with, um, other people as well. And, you know, we actually found a lot of these nuances and ideas in this diversity of not only thought, but, you know, uh, diverse, just like, uh, you can't embrace diversity for, for diversity's sake. Like there actually has to be something that you get out of it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so, um, diversity is a good thing. Um, it's, it's a good and a bad thing because also on another hand, if you have too much diversity and I'm talking about like, you know, diversity of thought here, not. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> we get what you're saying. Is yeah, we're, yeah. we're on the thought. Yeah. Okay. So we're on, uh, we're on, we're on diversity of thought here. Um, but whenever you have too much diversity is then all of a sudden you don't have, um, nothing gets done. You don't have any, um. You don't really have anyone that you connect to. Everything becomes extremely convoluted because everyone is just throwing different ideas into the wind. And, um, you know, lots of people are going to agree and disagree. And so that's why... It's like no common ground. Yeah. And so it's kind of like this idea, you know, there's... um, I think uh, I was actually listening to a podcast this morning. And it was talking about how, you know, cells make up... uh, uh, Like, I don't know if cells make up molecules. I'm... I'm not good in my biology. It's been it's been a few <laughs> years, but you know cells make up a body, which then a body makes up you know what is our consciousness and everything else. Then all of a sudden we have uh we have family, and then we have little communities and little, like you know everything. Uh, there's you can you can atomize anything and focus on the very you know like individual, and you don't really necessarily need to do that i think that if you like you should have sense of community and you should have families but that doesn't mean you don't you don't associate with anyone outside of your community or someone who doesn't agree with you but at the same time is it it is it is good to have yourself in communities in which you have the same values in which you have the same structures uh of belief and not only that but that's also where you create accountability among Mm -hmm. one another and you're actually able to work and get things done so diversity is uh diversity of thought is a great thing um but not in every context so again mm-hmm. it's one of those yes and no things and this goes and again so that's uh, mm-hmm. that's uh, really kind of shows you nuance mm-hmm. so like diversity of thought is great and you need to expand your horizons and you need to talk to other people and you need to be able to have relationships with them and find you know at least find something to make common that 
you know, the idea of communication mm-hmm. to make common. And then whenever you, uh, uh, but whenever you go back home, it is completely fine to surround yourself, um, with like-minded people. But, um, while you surround yourself with right, uh, with, you know, like-minded people, don't let yourself become a cult. Mm-hmm. So again, I, one of my favorite <laughs> things that I've, I've done with uh, some of the close people that I've done is like ask questions like, okay, so what if this could be true? And it'd be something that again, and whether it has to do with the idea that you're not familiar with in the first place, or maybe it's like you saw it for the first time. And you're like, I don't know if I agree with this, but what if this not only could work or what if, what, what would this look like actually if we put this in place or what, I, what would happen if, I had this belief in my heart and I started seeing the world through this lens. Yeah. And so again, it's like those people can also be, again, it's good to have people that are like-minded, but it also is good to have people that are like-minded that help each other grow too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause you can, that's another thing too, is I was thinking of like, if, if you're only concerned about your own group, no one else would be added. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, like that's a, I don't know, again, you don't want to ever become cultish. And yeah. even like to be able to join something, you have to join said ways of doing things and ways of, yep. instead of just taking what is in front of them as they are and saying, yeah, we take it. Yep. Another example of nuance is like, um, you know, I've been reading some Ayn Rand, I don't know exactly how to say her first name, it's A-Y-N, Ayn Rand, something like that. Anyways, um, so she she was written, she's written a couple books, one of them like The Fountainhead and um, another one uh, that I'm about to start reading that I got for Christmas, uh, which is Atlas Shrugged, which I've heard a lot of good things about Atlas Shrugged, but she's kind of like, she has this philosophical idea of objectivism, which basically means um, you can't know how something works unless you actually put it into practice and try it. So basically her critique about other philosophers and other people coming up with political systems is that they all, um, you know, they, you can reason and you can think all that you want, but it will never actually work the way that it was intended. And you can actually see this in um, the, the, the Constitution of the United States as well. And um, if you read some of the founding fathers like um, George Washington or Thomas Jefferson, mm-hmm. um, just even immediately at the conception of what it was, um, the, uh, the country was not what they intended. Um, so in the very first draft of the Constitution, um, they, uh, they wanted to outlaw slavery because slavery had been in the... Um, uh, uh, slave, uh, slavery had been had been there since, um, you know, I think it was 1619 or something like that. I don't think that the 1619 project is right. Just going to put a little disclaimer there, but they, that is whenever, um, you know, whenever slaves were brought over from, you know, Africa and that's when the slave trade began here in the United States. But if you go and read Thomas Jefferson and you read the constitution, they wanted to, um, whenever they founded it, they did not want, um, uh, uh, slaves. But the only problem was uh, that they had to vote um, and they had to have a 100% unanimous vote in order for anything to be accepted into the, uh, you know, into the law or in the constitutions or whatever. 
And so basically you had, um, and you can go, you guys can go and look this up. Um, I think it was 10 of the 13 colonies voted against slavery, but because three of them voted for it and it was not a unanimous decision, slavery was legal. And so immediately from the very outset of what the United States was meant to be, it was not. And we are still paying, you know, great consequences for that um, today. Uh, we fought a bloody civil war over it. And, um, you know, honestly, it's one of those things where, you know, I think everyone has the ability to acknowledge that the sins of the past still kind of hold a grip on um, on today's culture and society. But also sticking with the theme of nuance is like, that can be true, but you also have to accept that, um, you also have to accept that, you know, none of the people that were alive then committed those atrocities are alive today. And that we have to give everyone a fair chance, even if they are, you know, say bigoted or whatever else. And you also have to, um, there has to be communication and there has to be a trust built that is kind of lacking mm -hmm. in our culture today. And you have to be able to have these tough conversations and not be afraid to do so. Yeah. And, um, you have to be allow you have to be, uh, you have to be vulnerable and allow yourself to either, you know, uh, make a mistake or, you know, miss say something or, you know, cause otherwise if you, if you, if you don't learn those lessons, then, you know, you're not growing and you're not becoming any better of a mm -hmm. person. And so, um, yeah, listen, even if you feel fear that you may be wrong, still listen. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's another thing too, is that people, <laughs> there was a, I remember, uh, it was some relationship that was previous in my life, but I thought it was one of the most interesting things. And I also related with it in a way that I, I didn't expect myself to relate, but like, I was almost afraid to uh, listen to other people because my mind could be changed. Like mm -hmm. I was afraid of that. And so that's one of the things too is like what if what I believe about the situation isn't true? Like that's all. That's honestly for some people, especially if that that's how like the foundation of how they walk in this world is by their beliefs. That's a scary thing because that means then your beliefs – when that falls, that means what you, how you see this life is going to totally change mm -hmm. and you yourself are going to feel broken because you were wrong. And so then you'd almost have to like restart sometimes yeah. whether on like foundational things of life or even like simple things. Um, like for example, I didn't know, um, it was grilled cheese, not grilled cheese. <laughs> and that was, I would, I, um, he likes feminine, <laughs> feminine sandwiches. It's floral. I, li I like my mates like I like my cheese. Yeah. Girl. Girl <laughs> cheese. Yeah, girl cheese. That's it's, a new one. It, that's, it, that is a new one. So like even like with that is like that's a very simple thing. Yeah. But I truly thought, again, I hadn't like observed it very well. And that's the reason why I believed it was girl cheese. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even like something that I thought was weird when other people said it differently. I was like, I didn't even notice it. But it wasn't until that someone I, I, I pointed out, he's like, did you just say grilled cheese? And I was like, yeah. It's like, it's grilled cheese. And I've like seen it spelled out grilled. But for some reason, I've always said it grilled. 
Mm-hmm. And so that was not that was a pretty recent future. I, I won't say how many years, but it, it was fairly recent with that. But think about that is like if you've been doing something or like <laughs> what that has to do with like an action you've been doing or even mm-hmm. just the way that you believe about something and it being a foundational thing and it also being not just wrong, but it just needs corrected. Because mm-hmm. again, grilled grilled cheese is technically not fully incorrect because it's like it's on the, the right track. But it just got mixed up somewhere. But that to have that thing corrected is that I had to retrain myself on what I was seeing. And again, even just how to say it is I had to catch myself and then say it yeah. grilled, which I think of course you, it is. I, I, I really am 100% convinced right now that you're not telling us when this happened because it happened last year. <laughs> this this is, man went 25 years thinking that it was girl cheese. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thankfully, it, it, it was soon, but it wasn't quite that soon. But yeah, no, it's just, it's funny. It's like, even like simple things like that, like you'll, you'll, uh, I remember seeing a YouTuber not too long ago uh, that had, there was something that had to do with um, like Hawaii being like, like islands were floating. Like, and he truly, I mean, he was, again, a smart guy, but th- didn't think through the process that, again, Islands have masses of land underneath them. He thought they were floating. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, hey, like, what happens if you drill straight down in, in Hawaii? He's like, you would reach the ocean. And people were like, no. <laughs> so, but it's funny is that. that uh, well, he's not entirely wrong. Yeah. But the funny thing is like he truly thought that they were floating. But the funny thing is he it didn't like ruin his world or anything like that. He's like, oh, wow. Like, again, then he had yeah. to like, it, then it, the physics of things like worked out in his head but he hadn't thought through that like that Uh, i mean i had a very similar thing uh i for whatever reason i don't know why um vincent van gogh i thought that it was pronounced vincent van gogh for like a very short period of time which where i got the 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 gh and a a ph i have I have no clue, but I figured that out freshman year. I made a fool of myself in English class, but uh, yeah, so that was that was pretty funny. Like Vincent Van, someone said Vincent Van Gogh. I was like, isn't it Van Gogh? Like, no, no, you idiot. <laughs> so I I completely understand mm-hmm. that, and I think we all have those things that we are just yeah. completely oblivious of because we've never actually examined mm-hmm. it closely, or maybe someone else pronounced it, and that's just the way that mm-hmm. we. You know, we heard, we thought of it for however long it was until that mm-hmm. came up again. So, very, very interesting sort of things. And also, sticking with this whole thing of nuance, um, you know, we actually know very little about what's happening around us right now. And we actually know very little about what happened in the past as well, because really our only judge of what is going on is our own personal experience and what um, we get, um, uh, you know, exposed to. And so if you think about, you just think about your life, for example, think about how many memories, how many days you don't remember. Like, what did you have for dinner last Tuesday? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, unless it was a big day, unless it was your birthday, you probably don't really know. And even if it was, you that may be kind of vague. And so... It we, was pizza. It was pizza. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you eat pizza every night? No. So uh, that doesn't really count? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Tate over here has a diet of specifically pizza and Dr. Pepper. 
So he has there become are certain days that yes. Sorry, Montanans, you. He has become a Texan. He is now drinking Dr Pepper religiously, <laughs> and um, I'm trying to get him on Shiner Bach, but. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness yeah no uh so specifically i i always i always used my dad's analogy of how we go through time and uh the analogy was that we were you know we're stuck inside of a tube moving forward at least that's the way that i thought of it but then my dad actually corrected me whenever i had a conversation the other day we are actually stuck in a tube and we are going backwards. We are living in the past, presently. We are, we are actually going backwards through mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And so we're not able to not only see that picture, but as we get further and further back, the view of what happened in the past becomes further away and more distorted and we're not able to see it as clearly. Mm-hmm. And so this goes, this is true for not only our own life, but it goes for the life of every single person as well. Mm-hmm. And so I, I am, I am telling you guys this because it is scary how little we actually know and how hard it is to actually find semblances of truth. And it really is a personal journey. And I don't mean to put anyone in like an existential crisis here, but, um, yeah, no, it is, everything is so convoluted and everything is so, uh, it's, it's, it's so messed up and it is hard to find semblances of truth, but we have to actually, you know, it is actually worth it and is, and you actually have to go and expose yourself to all of these different things mm-hmm. so that you can actually find semblances of truth and find the things that you believe and find the people that you want to associate with and find, you know, find meaning and find, you know, some sort of purpose to go and mm-hmm. live your life and just because it's nuanced and just because it doesn't make any sense and just because there are no there are there are rules but there's always exception to rules and just because there's you can't make sense of any of it or it's very hard to part of the joy in life at least that i found is actually you know going and experiencing it and learning and again this idea of holding my beliefs my identity, everything about myself very loosely. And this is something that not only the men that have mentored me have, you know, kind of vocalized this idea, but that whenever I put it into actuality, which um, I'm by no means self-actualized, I don't think anyone is actually self-actualized, but whenever you actually put it into practice and you see the the growth and the things and the beauty that stems from it is that it's actually one of those things that I've actually very highly valued. And it's been one of the themes since, you know, it really slapped me in the face during, you know, Corona. And I'll probably talk about that a little bit on our next podcast. Mm -hmm. whenever we go over the recap of 2020 and everything that we learned, but, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that has been a theme in my life that I had no idea about. Because any time that I hold really strong to something, it usually gets shattered. And so. Mm. Mm. Hence, sometimes then you feel like a failure. And that's another thing too. If you ever go through something and you feel like a fa- failure, 
there's just something called to make fun. Mm-hmm. There's there's to make fun of. Is that we see that and we we see it in so many and like hurtful instances and we even think of it like as young kids like with bullying and stuff like that to make fun of but for ourselves is when we see our failures and we see it like i love how you almost like a chair in a tube like we're moving backwards through life we're not visually seeing what is happening in front of us we're seeing it as it goes past and so once you start seeing those failures instead of seeing it as what you'd see is a failure catastrophic like a catastrophe see it and make fun of it in hindsight 2020 and see look and you can point back to it it doesn't have effect on mm-hmm. your future anymore you can just point back and say that wasn't that it may not have felt fun it may not have again been like a roller coaster that you wanted to go part it scared the crap out of me but to make fun of where you've come from it creates a much brighter even just experience and it helps you anticipate when you have fun with something it helps you anticipate the 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 back the fourth the right the up i love that the almost like doing a roller coaster backwards is that it, once you start understanding how the the ride's going is that it kind of helps you expect the unexpected even sometimes if you can't see it coming right yeah and this whole idea of kind of holding it loosely um it means that whenever shit does hit the fan <laughs> It means that you're actually able to hold on to the things that matter and the things, and usually those things will also latch onto you as well. Mm-hmm. So whether that be family or, um, you know, whatever else, whatever will get you through those, uh, those, those tough times is whenever, um, is whenever it, whenever it's the time to actually hold on to those things, but any other time, and it's not really necessary whenever life is good, that's whenever you hold on to it loosely and you allow you allow yourself to make fun of yourself and you allow other people to, you know, poke fun at you and everything else. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really like, um, where you're going, uh, where you're going with that. So yeah. Nuance. What was the flavor that you guys got out of this podcast? What are, what are some of the flavors that you're getting out of our <laughs> society? Some of the great things, some of the, the things that are, that may be bitter at the same time. Yeah. I'm just, Please let us know and be sure to, um, you know, not only subscribe to our podcast, but also go check out our merch again if you're still here. Um, it's on www.therootkitpodcast.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. And um, we really um, enjoy doing these episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess really quickly we can we can go over again. We're going to be doing 2021. We're going to be doing these weekly, hopefully. Yep. Again, we're going to hold that kind of loosely, but that's going to be a goal that is, a structure that we're going to we're going to do them more consistently. Even if it's not long ones, we'll have shorter ones that'll be yeah. whether that's thoughts for the week or things that we're learning, or even if it's not both of us at one time, we'll have one of us do yeah. it. And we're going to be doing a little bit more. Um, uh, we're going to be a little bit more interactive on social media, mm-hmm. um, both on Facebook and Twitter. We're going to get. Um, now that we actually have some people, um, you know, who have shown interest in this and actually become clients of ours, is we're actually going to start moving forward and actually propelling this and spending a little bit more time on it. So this whole thing is a process, and um, it's been so much fun though so far, and I have nothing but high hopes. Yeah, and if anybody's curious on like the product on which like an example of what we could make, go look at the website that Samson has revitalized. It is a great little platform, a simple platform on even just like what we can make even for small business owners that are trying to, instead of 
you know, post things on Facebook, we can literally give them their own link with their own website, whether that's people doing from as simple as selling earrings to, again, marketing business and um, even just what that has to do, like what we did. We have our information, merch, and also um, even just ways that you can apply and have information is we can create then full websites too. But yeah, take a look and even this, that's a, a small taste and even look at the the logos that have been done so far and then we'll show you that the final product of our our friend uh christian and his uh his website when it's all done so yeah. uh which yeah you all can actually go check out his right now and be sure you get your car detailed by him but really quickly um before we sign off what are your predictions for 2021 <laughs> i honestly think personally it's going to be even more filled with peace, but I think culturally it's going to be um, very turbulent, but I'm excited anticipating this year. I'm very much anticipating this year. I'm I, one of those that I love bumpy rides, even if it's, it has to do with culturally or even like roller coasters. I'm one of those that I love extreme cases. And so yeah. I think I thrive in those scenarios. It's kind of like, um, I think of this as, you know, a kind of a baseball analogy right here is kind of like, this is the time to bear down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, th- this is the exciting part, and so don't shy away from it because right now the spotlight on, is on us as a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, the spotlight, you know, whether we like it or not, has always actually kind of been on the United States, and there's a reason why we've been called the leader of the free world. And you know, now it's kind of almost become the sentiment that we're almost like that unwanted older brother in the way that you kind of put it in Mm -hmm. the world. And um, that is both a good thing and a bad thing because while um, we need to allow other nations to, you know, be autonomous, you know, there are also those foundational principles on uh, what the United States was founded on. And I don't think it's a bad thing that we're actually taking a look at them and analyzing, Mm -hmm. you know, what should or shouldn't be, but it also becomes very dangerous whenever you start messing with that because it usually, at least throughout history, is inevitably led to a revolution. And even if it was started peacefully, it tends to get bloody. So I, uh, in terms of my predictions for 2021, I think it's going to be even more turbulent time for our culture. But I think as small communities, mm-hmm. as, um, you know, you know, creators, as, you know, as families, um, I think that it's going to be really time. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of good and beautiful things um, yeah. come out of it. And I that, it's going to be tough. I, I think it's going to be tough. But I think that if we put um, each other and like above ourselves and we really allow other people to be heard by us and we communicate. And again, this idea of making common, like I cannot stress it enough Mm -hmm. and you allow yourself to have nuance and you don't allow yourself to get dogmatic over arbitrary things, Mm -hmm. then um, you'll actually be able to find some sort of meaning and some, like some way of, very nice. Yep. Well, that pretty much sums it up. Um, see you later, you cheeky bastards. <laughs> later. <laughs>